Hello and welcome to the Already Loved Podcast. I am your host, Carly G. Knipe, and I'm so grateful that you decided to tune in today. I hope you've been having an awesome week. I know I have. It's been very productive. I've been hitting the gym more often and I am super sore, but I'm so grateful because I've been getting like way better sleep because of it. So highly recommend. Um, As always, we start with the song recommendation of the day. And today's is going to be a relatively new song. It showed up on my release radar on Spotify, which BGW is the best playlist that Spotify has ever made for me. But I'm so sad that it updates every Friday because I don't have time to like add every single one to my playlists. But this one showed up on my playlist and I was super grateful because it's so good. It's called By Your Spirit. It's by Influence Music and it features none other than Kim Walker-Smith, the anointed woman herself. Um, I absolutely love this song because, um, mostly because the lyrics really hit home for me. I feel like in my life lately, I've I've almost found myself striving in my own strength more often than I am abiding in his strength. And it's taken quite a toll on me mentally, physically, and emotionally. Um, I'm depending on myself for stuff. And then when I fail myself, I feel like in a complete, utter failure. But I wouldn't even get in that cycle if I wasn't dependent on myself and instead was leaning on the Lord's strength, you know? And so all that to say, like, in my life, that's looked and showed up in different ways. But this song really, like, resonated with me because the lyrics, oh my gosh. In the bridge, uh, I just want to share some of these lyrics with you. She says, no, I don't need to muster up some kind of strength because you are the author, perfecter of faith. (laughs) The spirit of him who defeated the grave is alive in me. I absolutely love that. No, I don't need to muster up some kind of strength. Like, that is so, so encouraging because when I'm away from the Lord, I get super restless. I start depending on my own strength and it leaves me feeling so empty and dry and sad. Like, I think about Spider-Man Homecoming, that scene where he's, like, trying to lift up the, um, I don't even know, all the debris that fell on him at the very end. Sorry, spoiler alert if you haven't seen Spider-Man Homecoming, but it's been out forever, so (laughs) if you haven't seen it, that's on you, but... He's basically like stripped of all of his, pretty much all of his Spider-Man abilities. He doesn't have his fancy suit anymore and he's just pretty much whittled down to his core and he's trying to lift up this debris and it's so heavy and it's so hard and he's literally crying help because he doesn't have any strength left in him. Um, He gives himself a little pep talk and then he's able to um, lift it up again, Peter Parker. But all that to say, I really was encouraged because I often find myself like Peter Parker in that scene where he's like trying to lift up this debris all by himself and there's no one there to help him and no one there to give him a pep talk and obviously in that movie he figures it out himself and he he does it himself by using the strength inside of him or whatever but I love that in this song it's really just highlighting that we don't need to like muster up this strength ourselves but we can just lean back on his strength and just let him carry us and let him carry our burdens like the lord is so so good and he's so faithful in that like he never fails to lift up our burdens for us and so i love just how this song puts it so beautifully because he is our strength we don't need to like muster up some sort of strength All that to say, that was a really long explanation of um, this song, but go ahead and cue it up after this because it's just such a good one. And I'm going to go ahead and pray us in. Dear Lord, thank you so, so much for showing up, Lord. Thank you that you're faithful to carry our burdens. Thank you that you're faithful to lift off the yoke of slavery off of us, Lord, and break every single chain that is holding us back. I thank you that you make your throne upon our praise, Lord. And so right now with our mouths, we just want to praise you. And we just want to love you. And if you're wherever you are right now, I just want you to um, just name three things that you're grateful for 
from the Lord right now. So I'll, I'll go first. Lord, I thank you for my bed because it's comfy and I'm able to rest every night soundly. I thank you for the breath in my lungs, Lord, that you've given me another day to live and do your will for me. I thank you for my family, Lord. I thank you that I feel supported by them and that your hand is over them, Lord. Those are just three things that I'm thankful for. And I know there's an endless list that I could be grateful for, Lord. And so right now we just want to praise you and put gratitude in our hearts so that you can be on your rightful place in our minds, Lord. We love you, Lord, and this is all about you. If you aren't in it, Lord, we don't want it. And so please, Lord, come and be here. Come and dwell in this place. This is all about you. This is all for you, Lord. And I just pray that all of it brings glory to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is going to be a little bit of a surprise. I know, guys, I said it's going to be two parts, but here we are in a third part of the Exposing Lies and Revealing Truth episode series, which is my first kind of real series that I've ever done. Um, This is a continuation of the last episode because, guys, I actually got too many responses to lies that we've believed. I asked a lot of my friends, pretty much every female Christian friend I had, I was like, hey guys, what are some lies that you have believed about yourself, Um, whether it's from the enemy, something that just discouraged you in your past, or maybe even still comes up today? And I was just so blown away by the responses because everyone was so honest and they were so straightforward. And it was really encouraging because I was like, wow, I am not alone. I am not the only one who struggles with this. And it was really cool. And so I just wanted to share that with you guys that you are not the only one who struggles with this. If you haven't listened to the first two episodes, I go over completely different lies than I'm going to go over today. So I would highly recommend listening to episode 19 and 20 before you listen to this one. Or you can listen to them out of order. There's definitely not like a real order to it. Um, You can listen to them shuffled and it would not matter. But this is just a super, super good one. And... I'm super excited to get into these because it's been a really long time, guys. I'm just kidding. It really hasn't. It's been a week, but I'm super excited to get into these because these ones are so good and I mean, the lies aren't good, but like the truth that combats the lies are really good and yeah, I hope this is encouraging to you guys. So lie number one is the lie that I am hard to love or unlovable. So this can be rooted in childhood. Maybe your parents led you to believe that you're hard to love, almost like you're a burden or that you've just always been destined to be difficult to love. And I've definitely felt this in my friendships where I'm like, man, how can anybody possibly love me? Like I am literally the worst or, (laughs) you know, just kind of having those feelings of like um, failure or it's kind of like feeling like you're either not enough or you're too much and that's why you're unlovable. But this is such a lie. This is such a falsehood. And I just want to uproot this right now and stand out of agreement with that for you. Because I think about that verse in Song of Solomon 710 that says, I belong to my beloved and his desire is for me. Obviously, Song of Solomon has, you know, different um, contexts and people have different like interpretations of it. But in this one, we are the Lord's beloved. Like, I don't care what the writer intended for this to be to like mean but I know that I am the beloveds of Jesus like he loves me so much and his desire is for me like I receive that no matter what this verse means I do know that I belong to him the other truth that I was thinking about is Romans 8 chapter 38 through 39 I remember having to memorize this in middle school at my private Christian school and I'm so grateful that I did because now I have it memorized it says for I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
so, so beautiful. There is nothing, death nor life, there is literally nothing that will separate us from his love because he is love. And if we're made in his image, he's put his love inside of us. Like that is so crazy to me. And so if you ever think that you're hard to love, just know that you belong to your beloved and his desire is for you. And also that nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Jesus died for you while you were still a sinner. And we are still sinners. While you were still in the middle of sinning, Jesus loved you and he died for you. And I don't know about you, but I don't think that it's very hard to love somebody that is your child. You know, like I'm not a parent, but I have a parent, lol. And my two sisters are about to be slash our parents. And I just see the ways that they love their children with just this selfless, overflowing love. Like my nephew could do literally anything. Like he could literally like run amok, break everything, burn the house down. And I know that his parents would still love him and I would still love him. Obviously, yeah, like, is that a little frustrating? Yes, because we're human beings, but God never gets sick and tired of you. He never finds it hard to love you. It is easy to love you because you are his child. And that can be hard to receive when we've been taught throughout our entire lives that like, you're not enough, you're too much, you're hard to love, you're just a difficult person to be around. But that is not the truth about who you are. Jesus loves you. He can't not love you. He doesn't know how to not love you. The second lie is one that I have resonated with before, and it is the lie that I am not beautiful. This can be about body image. This can be about even just how I feel about myself, period. Like, it doesn't have to be about, like, my physical appearance, but also just, like, my heart. Um, I don't have to say this twice. You guys definitely know that we live in a world where... But seriously, we do live in a world where, like, we are constantly being exposed to, like, here's what beauty is. This is the standard of beauty. And I remember in my testimony episode, I'm not sure what episode that is, but it's in season one. And I remember talking about one of my best friends growing up and she was like the epitome of beauty to me. Like I was like, if I don't look like her when I get older, I'm going to literally like not be okay. And the thing is, is that she was this tall, white, blonde hair, blue eyed, long legged girl. And I was not. And so I thought that was what was beautiful because that was all the, that was what all the boys liked. Cause clearly that's what beauty is. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I often compared myself to her. I often wanted to be like her. And the craziest part was, is that when I was with her, she was talking about how she hated how, how she looked. She hated herself. She hated like the way that her eyebrows looked, the, just random things. And so I know you've probably heard this before and I'm not the first person who's ever said this in the entire universe, but seriously, everybody, everybody has things that they don't like about themselves. And I talked about this in the last episode, but I think about like, we are his masterpiece. Like, Ephesians 2.10 literally says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Number one, like you are his masterpiece. You were created by him with a purpose and there was so much intent behind what he did. He didn't just like quickly snap you into existence. No, like there was a seriously a nine, 10 month process of creating you in your mother's womb and seriously like he completely designed you exactly how you were meant to be. And I know that's hard to hear when you're like really like not loving the way that you look. But I also just think about the fact that like when we're in heaven, nobody is going to be thinking about what we looked like when we were on earth or what we look like even now. We're just going to be looking at Jesus. Also, I think about um, in this verse, Ephesians 2.10, it says, 
he created us anew so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Like, this is not about us. This is not about what we look like. This is about doing the things that he has planned for us. And you don't need to be the checkoff box of every beauty standard in America to do what the Lord has called you to do. Like, that's not one of the requirements. You know what the requirement is for you to say yes to your calling? It's literally just your yes. Like, there's no requirements. There's no, like, jumping through hoops and jumping over boxes. Like, seriously, that is the only standard. And it's just giving him your full yes, and he will do the rest. And I think about one time I saw in somebody's Instagram bio, like, this is so Gen Z, but it said, if the world was blind, how many people would you impress? You know, like, if the whole, if your whole personality trait is about what you look like, beauty fades. Like, things of this world fade. And I know it can be still hard to, like, not compare yourself to other people and look at other people and say, wow, I like that about you or whatever. But honestly... I'm probably going to do a comparison episode sometime soon because I have struggled with this so much in the past and it still haunts me today sometimes and it's still really hard, but I don't want you guys to have to go through this either. Um, Something that I've done though is I literally have just looked at the things that I do like about myself that aren't necessarily physical, but some of them can be physical and just affirming those out loud um, and just thanking God for them because when we make it less about us and we turn our eyes less on ourselves and more at Jesus, we will be the most secure that we ever are. Like, seriously. So, whenever I'm feeling insecure about a certain part of myself, a part of my body, anything, I literally just look at Jesus and I just say, thank you, Lord, that you've given me legs to run, that you've given me two hands to create, that you've given me a voice to sing, and just thanking the Lord for, and every single organ in my body that does so many functions for me, like, seriously I've seen a lot of like kind of new age posts that say like love your body like thank your body for what it does for you but also like thank the Lord for giving you your body you know like thank you Lord for giving me this temple that I can worship you with that I can move around and come under what you're doing Lord like thank you and so I know that's kind of hard like obviously this is not the um 101 get out of comparison get out of um body image issues like guide I really wish it was but seriously just look at Jesus and thank him for the way that he has made you. And I'm going to do a total episode about comparison and about, um, probably about like beauty and yeah, what real beauty means. Um, not that we, not that you haven't heard it before if you've been a Christian for two seconds, but seriously, sometimes we just need a reminder. Um, one of the verses that I love when I think about the lie that I am not beautiful is Psalm 139, 13 through 14, which says, you created my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. This is really just reiterating what I had already said that we were created for nine or 10 months. And also we were on the mind of God. Like he thought about us before we were even conceived, like before you were even an idea, before I was even like literally conceived in China, God knew me and he loved me. And that is so crazy. And if that doesn't make you feel beautiful, I do not know what does. Number three, line number three is, I am not worthy of my calling. This is such a big one. I have felt this before when I think about all the things that I've done in the past, all the people I've hurt, all the sins I've committed. And I'm like, how, 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 how am I ever going to bring anyone to Jesus? Like, and how am I even going to do my calling? Like any of that. And well, then I learned it's not me who brings people to Jesus. It's Jesus who brings people to Jesus. Um, but I also think about just like, what if I speak and I bring someone further from the Lord? What if my actions cause someone to, um, lose their faith? You know, like there's so many pressures, um, 
And I think one of the things that I've learned about quote unquote my calling in life is that number one, our greatest calling is to the feet of Jesus. Like if my whole entire life was sitting at the feet of Jesus like Mary and ministering to him, would I be satisfied if I never did a podcast, if I never got married, if I never, like all the things that I've dreamed about, if I never wrote a book, if I never spoke in front of people, like would I be satisfied? And if the answer is no, then I have an idol. And I've talked about this before, um, you know, the idolatry of our dreams, the idolatry of um, our desires when they're put above the Lord. But seriously, in the episode um, that really, really like hit home for me and just completely shattered my worldview of what my calling even means is um your greatest calling from heartful of heaven and that's actually Brittany Doss's podcast she doesn't post that often but when she does it's always so so good and she yeah she posted um and this was I think her first podcast podcast episode and seriously it completely changed the trajectory of my life because here I was thinking that my calling was something that I had to do by myself something I had to like like a ministry that I had to dig from the ground up you know like all those things and all that striving and then I realized the simplicity of what we're called to and if we think that God is complicated with our callings like we have the wrong view of God he is simple with us like obviously he's a very complex being like we can't even begin to understand the tip of the iceberg when it comes to God but he makes things simple for us and so he's not a complicated person and I know this like it sounds like it can be um it sounds like they're opposites but truly this is why we can never understand the mind of God but all that to say um that's what I realized about my calling and number two my calling might look different than first of all everybody else's but also in different seasons like when I was in high school I remember being like oh my gosh I am dropping out of high school and I'm gonna start a ministry and I'm gonna go to Jesus school like there were so many things that I wanted to do um to quote-unquote get a head start on my calling or like start my calling um and then the Lord literally told me Carly, your calling is to finish high school. Carly, your calling is to finish this homework assignment. Your calling is to, like, finish out this volleyball season. Like, seriously. And it really taught me, like, those humble beginnings and even this podcast where, you know, am I getting thousands of listens per episode? No, but I'm still doing it. And this is part of my calling as well. Going to college is part of my calling. You know what I mean? Like, making good friendships, that's part of your calling. And so, I think like don't despise those humble beginnings don't skip over those um and also everybody has a calling that's kind of like number three when it comes to your calling I hate I hate how many times I'm saying this but um seriously like everybody has one and so yours might look different than anybody else's somebody might start a ministry somebody might go to Africa somebody might start a business somebody might work at Panera and all of those are amazing callings because the Lord is in them you know like I could literally start a ministry write a book become a traveling speaker but if the Lord isn't on it, then I'm not fulfilling my calling for my life, you know? And so that was just super humbling for me to learn as well. And I feel like the Lord is just like really pouring out on what I'm saying right now because I have no clue what I'm actually saying. But if you ever feel like you're not worthy of your calling, like the things that you've done have discounted you and written you off of what the Lord has called you to do, you can literally repeat these verses out loud. First Peter 2, 9, that says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special creation oh my goodness, that is literally just like completely combating the whole worthiness aspect because you are chosen people, a royal priesthood. He has set you apart for such a time as this in Esther 4.14. Um, seriously, um, to do exactly what he's called you to do. 
and there is nobody who has your story. Nobody has your testimony. Yes, people might have gone through similar things like, okay, I have divorce in my testimony. I have adoption in my testimony. And I know plenty of people who also have divorce and adoption as part of their testimonies. But seriously, it is still so different because we are different people. Like, I have a different personality than everybody that I know. You have a different personality than anybody. We might be similar. We might be connected, but we're all so different and unique. And there's nobody that can fill the shoes that you need to fill, that the Lord has called you to fill. And this isn't like a, oh, God wants a return on his investment because that's not the heart of God at all. This is more of a God desires his best for you. Like his best is like you thriving in what he's called you to do. And you know, like I work at Target and do I love like cashiering every single day and literally like checking people out and like, all right, your total is 29.15. You know what I mean? Like, and that's, I think an example of like us like surviving in a calling, like, okay, like I'm just like doing what I'm supposed to do right now, but we were called to thrive in our callings and thriving will look like doing what your heart burns for. Like, I, my heart burns for orphans. My heart burns for those stuck in human trafficking. My heart literally burns for those kids who don't know who they are and students and um, young women, like, who don't know who they are yet and they don't know who God is. Like, that is what my heart burns for. And um, my heart also burns for Winter Springs High School. My heart burns for um, the nations. And these are just some examples of um, many things that the Lord has placed in my heart that I feel called to, that I feel um, passionate about. And I could probably name so many more. I just honestly don't even remember at this point. But all that to say, everybody has different things that they burn for and that their hearts yearn to see freedom in. If being addicted to porn is part of your testimony, maybe your heart yearns for people to be free from that and also for like porn industries to be like completely eradicated. I know that's like crazy dream, but truly I really think that that would be very helpful for um, humanity since that is a very, very um, corrupt business um, and sector. But all that to say, ask the Lord, if you don't know what that is, ask the Lord what, what your heart burns for and, you know, give him the desires of your heart. Maybe write down things that you're passionate about Maybe you're passionate about people. Maybe you're passionate about, about like, your friends. You know, that's that's so beautiful and that's such a big thing, connecting to people, you know, like, nothing is too small and nothing can't be used by the Lord. He is a no-waste God, you know, like, he does not let anything go to waste and that's the most beautiful part, or not the most beautiful part about him, but that's one of the beautiful parts about him. So, you are worthy of your calling because the Lord is in it and the Lord is in you. This next lie is the lie that this waiting season is a wasted season. Man, oh man, if you have been single for two seconds, if you have um, been sidelined, you have probably thought this before. Like, oh my gosh, here I am in the waiting, feeling like I'm in the desert, and this is a waste of time. I felt that too. When I was in high school and I wanted to literally drop out of high school and start a ministry, um, I thought that was a waiting season. And obviously it wasn't because I got so much ministry done and it was so beautiful. Um, but something that I learned in that season is that the enemy's voice rushes you, but God's voice rests you. This was so key. And so if you're feeling like maybe you're behind or you feel like you've missed it, whatever it is, maybe you're, you're missing out on like having a relationship, you're missing out on a big friend group, you're missing out on a ministry or whatever it is, that is likely the voice of accusation. The enemy's voice is, first of all, his native tongue is lies and he is the accuser. He's the one who points fingers and says, 
you are behind, you're too slow, everybody else is ahead of you, and you are like, you need to hurry up. Like that is the enemy's voice that rushes you, but God's voice rests you. The truth that combats this lie is Psalm 34.10 that says you lack no good thing in Jesus. I also think about Zephaniah 4.10, do not despise small beginnings. And also just in Nehemiah 9.21, the Israelites lacked nothing in the desert. Like that time of the Israelites, 40 years in the desert, they lacked nothing. They had manna, they had quail, they had everything that they needed. And most of all, they had the glory of God with them. And that could have been seen as a waiting season. They're waiting to get into the promised land. Um, and one of the things that I love is that we are living in the promised land. Like the promised land is a concept in our heads that I think sometimes we get twisted. We think like, oh my gosh, the promised land is like marriage. The promised land is a big friend group. The promised land is a ministry. The promised land is finally being, um, like seen in my church. The promised land is that degree. The promised land is that whatever it is. Like, I don't know what it is for you, that promotion, that whatever, I don't know, but I do know that if we are in that waiting season, it's very easy to get caught up in the thought that like, oh my gosh, I'm behind. Everybody else is ahead of me. This is something I want, I want, I want, but I don't seem to be getting it. And so I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting my time here. And even like, I'm literally working at Target. Once again, I'm working at Target and this could be seen as a waiting season. Like, okay, well, I'm not doing an actual career. Like I'm not literally like doing what I'm studying right now and I'm not doing anything that's like propelling me towards ministry or anything, but for me, this is not a wasted season. I love being able to just connect with people on a daily basis. You know, I see at least 100 people a day and I'm able to greet them with a smile and talk to them and connect with them. And so many people could see this as a wasted season. Like, wow, you're just literally checking out groceries and like telling everybody to have a good day. You know what I mean? But truly, I am just loving the simplicity of this job. It's teaching me so much about discipline and um, honor and how God doesn't waste anything. If you're single and you're waiting for like a boyfriend or you're waiting for a husband, this is the best time of your life to get the things done that you always wanted to do. And yeah, just really dive deep with the Lord. I have been stuck in so many cycles with, um, listen, I love like when people give me Christian dating advice, it's amazing, but also sometimes it's very unsolicited and I like start to get anxiety about like, am I doing this right? Like, am I like, am I sinning right now? Like all those things. And so all that to say, I'm trying not to do that right now, but, um, I've heard before, like, oh, a relationship will come when you least expect it. A relationship will come when you're not even thinking about it. Or even like the thought that like a relationship will come once you're fully satisfied in the Lord. And so then like, number one, if you never feel fully satisfied in the Lord, you'll never like, like think you're ready for a relationship. And then also, um, let's say a relationship does come along, but you're not fully satisfied in the Lord or like maybe you don't feel that way or whatever, or you're not doing what, like amazing with the Lord or anything. Like you haven't been abiding. Then you feel anxiety because you're like, oh my gosh, this isn't the one, uh, wrong timing, whatever. All that to say, like this, there's just so much anxiety around dating. And in when you're a Christian, I don't know why. I think we just need to like take the pressure off, make it fun again. Like this is not, obviously be responsible and be intentional, but like we take it so seriously and it does not need to be taken that seriously. All that to say, um, I get what it feels like to feel that anxiety of, oh my gosh, I'm behind. Everybody else is in this long-term relationship and I'm not. I am um, being, like, this is a waste of time. This is not good for me. This is whatever. But truly, God does not waste a season. There have been plenty of times that I felt like I am wasting my time, but God truly uses it all to weave into my story. I think about one time specifically, I was working at Chick-fil-A and... (laughs) Yeah, I know. I just really love wearing red, even though (laughs) I actually don't. Um... (laughs) 
I was working at Chick-fil-A and I was really waiting on this promotion and it was very, very hard. And I was depending on that promotion to define who I was. Like, I was like super like, okay, well, if, if I'm not like promoted yet, then that just means that I'm like worthless. You know what I mean? Like, it's so like, obviously that's so dramatic. And I was in high school and so I was super dramatic, but all that to say, I learned how to be satisfied in the Lord alone and that what God says about me is enough. Because once I got that promotion, I wasn't even satisfied. I just wanted the next promotion and I just didn't even feel good enough. I still felt like I was behind because everybody else had seemingly gotten the promotion before me. And all that to say, like, even though to some people that might have seemed like a season that was a waste of time, truly God used it to weave into my story because now I've learned what it feels like to wait for man's approval and then not be satisfied with what I hear. And learning to truly just let the Lord's voice be the only voice that matters in my life. And yeah, so that's just an example of how the waiting season is not a wasted season. In fact, it is probably one of the most productive seasons you can have because there's no distractions and yeah, you're just running straight straight ahead to the Lord and it's so beautiful. So all that to say, if you're in the waiting season, God does not waste a season and he will use this into your story. The second to last lie is the lie that my feelings, my thoughts, my voice, my opinion does not matter. This is something that we are going to talk about in an episode coming up with my best friend Jenna Krausman. She is amazing and it's just a really good episode. So you have to listen to this episode that's coming up next week. But I remember being in this um, period in high school where if I was in a group of people, I would just not speak because the minute I would go to open my mouth, literally nothing would come out because I thought to myself, what I had to say did not matter and carried no weight. And this is truly the enemy's way of keeping us silent because he knows how powerful our voices and our words really are. I think about that verse that says, the power of life and death is in the tongue. Seriously, the Lord knows and the enemy knows that your voice matters and that your voice carries weight, that when we speak something out loud, that it actually can exist, like we're speaking it into existence. And um, there's so much going on in the spirit that we really can't see. And so when we say things out loud, it is hard to think that like what we have to say matters, but truly it is very important in the weight in the span of eternity and in the spiritual realm because there's so much going on that we can't see. The enemy loves to silence us because he wants us to think that what we have to say doesn't matter so that we won't confess, that we won't encourage people, that we won't build people up, and we won't bring others closer to the Lord. Seriously, like he will silence us. And so Jenna talks about this way more and she talks about it way better, but um, this is a lie that I've struggled with before and something that I've realized is that the Lord gave me a voice. He gives because there's purpose to what he gives. Like he doesn't just give us something and he's like, all right, have fun. You know what I mean? Like he has a purpose behind what he gives us. And so he gave you a voice and he wants you to speak. Like he wouldn't have given you a voice if he didn't want you to say anything. And also there's so many other ways to communicate without your voice. But all that to say truly, I think the enemy's greatest tactic is um, keeping us silent so that we're isolated and that we don't talk to other believers and we don't get encouraged or we don't talk to non-believers and tell them the truth and the good news. You know what I mean? And so there's so many times that I have been in a group of people and I've just stayed completely silent because I don't think that what I have to say matters. But what you have to say matters. And if you're around people that make you feel otherwise, um, I would reconsider because you shouldn't be around people that make you question or change parts of who you are seriously, you matter and what you have to say matters because the Lord gave you your voice. Do not hesitate to talk to others about Jesus, encourage them, and confess your sins because I think about that verse that says, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Like, what a beautiful verse. And the first part of that verse says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. You know what both those things require? 
your voice. And so if you're staying silent, you're not able to truly um, confess your sins and you're not able to pray for others and encourage others. Yes, you can still be healed if you don't have a voice and you're not able to talk to people, but it really, really helps to be able to communicate with people and say it out loud, like say it out loud what that sin is, say it out loud, um, confess out loud what that um, thing that's harboring in your brain is or, or that bitterness, you know, like all of those things, that unforgiveness, like when you're able to speak it into existence, you're able to just almost see it, see it how it is and bring it to the light. And when we bring something to the light, there is no darkness in it. We're able to expose it and heal from it. Your thoughts, your feelings, your opinion does matter. You are valid. And all of your thoughts, like, say them out loud because it really allows you to see them exactly how they are. This final lie is the lie that I will always be abandoned eventually. And this is so hard because this is actually the lie that I struggled with. I asked myself the question that I asked everybody else. I said, what's a lie that I have struggled with or that I currently struggle with? And that lie is the lie that I will always be abandoned. And it started with my adoption. I think the thought that like I was an orphan at one point. And so I guess the enemy had wiggled his way into my brain saying, wow, Carly, the first thing that you ever were was abandoned. And so that thought bled into everything that I did. Every boy that I liked, every friend that I pursued, every family member that I vied for approval from. And it eventually came into my relationship with God. I would literally like almost gatekeep every moment that I had with God because I you know, it was in fear. I was holding it close to my heart because I was afraid that that was all I was going to get. Like he would leave me. But the truth is the first thing that I ever was, was loved. Before I was even born, God chose me. The verse that really combats this lie to me is Ephesians 1 verse 4 through 5. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. You have never been abandoned. You have never walked alone. Truly, the Lord has been by your side through every single moment in life, and you will never be abandoned. You will never walk alone. People may leave you. People may fail you, and the things of this world is so fleeting, but God is truly there for every single moment of the way, and he is the one who is holding you throughout every single moment of the way. I almost see myself like when I was a baby on the side of the road in China and I was two months old, abandoned by the world and abandoned by people. That was the Lord's moment to hold me and say, wow, I have her all to myself right now. Like this is the time, like just complete intimacy with the Lord. And obviously it hurts to be abandoned by people. It hurts to be betrayed and left behind or feel like we are, um, you know, not able to be with people. But it's so beautiful because we get to just be with the Lord completely, undistracted time with him. And we get to be close to him and he gets to be close to us. And not that he's not always close with us, but we're able to just draw near to him with no distractions, nothing holding us back. And he, once he becomes all, we learn so much about his character. And when we are all alone and there's nobody else around, Jesus becomes all to us. And this is how it's supposed to be. He is supposed to be everything. You are not an orphan. You are an adopted son or daughter of the king. He loved you. He chose you. Before you were even born, he wanted to adopt you into his family. He said, I want you with my name on it. I want you all to myself. This is what makes him happy. This is what brings him pleasure is adopting sons and daughters and bringing them close to him and showing them exactly who they are and exactly who he is. 
at the end of all of this, we've gone through so many lies and so many truths, and I hope that any of those resonated with you. I know for sure that pretty much all of them resonated with me at one point or another in my life, but something that I always recommend is, you know, at the end of this, if there has been one that really stuck out to you or a verse that you really liked, declare that over yourself. Write it on a sticky note, write it with a dry erase marker on your mirror, make it your wallpaper, put it in your car, and that way we can just drown out the lies by filling our minds with the truth. Modern day meditation says to empty our minds of everything, but when we do that, we allow the enemy to just come in and speak whatever he wants into our minds because we're so empty. But biblical meditation and the way that the Lord wants us to be is filling our minds with the truth, not emptying our minds completely, but emptying our minds of the world and filling it with the truth of what he says in his word. And it might feel like you can never change the way that you think that this is just like, oh my gosh, I'm always going to be, my brain is always going to be stuck in this pattern where I'm thinking this about myself, but that is not true at all. He is fully capable of transforming your mind in the Holy Spirit. And if you need proof, listen to any of these episodes because truly, Most of these truths that I have used to combat the lies are truths that I had to have revelation of when it came to these lies or my friends had to have revelation of. And so that is proof that he can change the way you think and he is fully capable of transforming the way that your mind thinks in the Holy Spirit. Something that is super helpful for me is if you are struggling with a lie and um, even if you've heard this truth but nothing really resonates with you, ask the Lord, go to the Lord, maybe after this episode, once you're listening to By Your Spirit by Influence Music, um, go in your quiet time with the Lord and ask him for a word or ask him for a verse, um, ask him for a promise, just something to hold on to um, that reminds you of him and that, that he is in and just really hold on to that verse. Keep repeating it. Um, put it everywhere and just remind yourself constantly of it. Wake it up, wake up in the morning and and say it out loud. You know, like when you ask the Lord, he will give you something custom made for you and he will give you a word. He will encourage you. And it's so beautiful. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and pray us out. Dear Lord, thank you so, so much, God. You are so faithful to uproot every lie, every falsehood that might've made its way into our minds, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that the truth that we have spoken over every single listener today and in episodes past, that this is the truth, that this is who they are, this is who you are, Lord, and that we are able to just completely step out of agreement. So right now, Lord, we just want to step out of agreement with anything that the enemy has spoken over us, Lord, anything that people have spoken over us, that is not the truth, Lord, and we do not receive that. That is not from you. That is not our portion. That is not what you say about us. What you say is the truth. What you say is the promise and it brings us closer to you, Lord. And so we come into agreement with everything that you say over us, Lord. Jesus, let every single truth sink deep into every single one of our hearts, Lord. Let it plant strong roots and a firm foundation so that we're able to build up everything else in our lives on top of this truth. We love you so, so much, Jesus, and I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done, and I praise you. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Lord, I thank you for the breakthrough that's going to happen from these episodes. I thank you for just the complete freedom that's going to happen from these episodes, Lord. You are so good, and you are so faithful, and we love you so much. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys so, so much for listening. If you really liked this episode and it encouraged you, share this episode with a friend, post it on social media, and tag me at Already Loved Podcast so I'm able to see it. Um, follow at KG Nipe if you want to get my life updates. Follow at Already Loved Podcast if you need podcast updates. 
If this podcast has encouraged you in any way, consider supporting this podcast. There is a link in, um, link in bio, I guess, link in um, the description of this podcast um, that you're able to follow and yeah, support this podcast and allow it to keep happening and just, yeah, make it happen. It is super encouraging when I hear how this podcast has impacted you. So if you want to send me a text, send me a DM if this podcast has encouraged you at all or, um, if you even want to, you can leave a review on Spotify, on Apple Music, on Google Podcasts, whatever it is. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you have an amazing week. Be blessed. I love you so much. Peace out. Bye.